You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Hey, wow. You know what? The imagination now. Everybody has changed. Now they're getting so uh, creative in terms of their thinking and what they can do. Man, it's, it's, this is the best I've seen. Yeah, when you jump that damn high, you got a lot of time to think. up the floor. Reads a drop down. Kobe! Oh! A high! Down hard! Kobe Bryant! Very deep, yeah. Blocked by LeBron! That basketball <laughs> will never be the same! So that now has entered the fray. And we are back on Hydra Radio. Welcome, Ben. Ben, finally, the Cavaliers have lost a basketball game this season. Yes, and uh, I was very surprised they lost against the Hawks, but the Hawks have looked really good since the beginning of the season. I have not put them in my surprises today, but I could have. Um, they are they have rewired their identity as a defensive team. But, you know, like I told you earlier, I don't buy it. I think that the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers are going to uh, to coast the season and, like, plant all sorts of bogus uh, gossips about them that are going to reveal to be uh, to, to, to not be true. And I think, like, there's nothing to worry about. Uh, did you see the game? Um, not really. Not all of it. I saw the, the highlight package. And I can say the games last night and the games in the other sports league last night the viewership will be terrible, terrible oh. numbers. And LeBron really shows his nights to get dunked on by a white guy. Yes, I saw that. And he, he ended up on the floor, on his all four, and wondering what happened. <laughs> yes, and that poor white guy injured himself yes, while dunking was, on LeBron. I'm falling from that high after. <laughs> and, and Mike Muscala will be able to tell his children... One night, I put back a, a miss and I dunked on LeBron James. Oh, that come is on. probably going to be his claim to fame in the NBA. Ben, you know his quote will be, Hey guys, you know, when, I, when your grandfather was a kid, when he was younger, you know, I used to play in the NBA. And on the night that Donald Trump got elected, I dunked on LeBron James. <laughs> that is going to be the best grandfather story I've ever heard. I, I wish I wish I could I could be there to witness Mike Muscala tell this to his grandkids. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about the surprises. You alluded to it. Uh, which mm-hmm. the, we have three here. Which yes. are the most surprising out of the three? Because Lakers they come from a long way. So which of the two LA teams is your most surprise? Best biggest surprise? Oh, uh, of course the Lakers. And we were. I was questioning before the season started what. Luke Walton could really bring to this team was he a byproduct of having a stellar lineup or is he the real deal as a coach well turned out he's a real deal as a coach <laughs> he has completely rewired he has electrified the offense of the NBA, of the Los Angeles Lakers who is comprised of really spare parts and young and young kids and most important, he cleared the air in the in the locker room. Jordan Clarkson, their starting uh, shooting guard, has uh, witnessed to this in the media. He said, "We're having fun this year. Like this year, like basketball is a business, but we're having fun on the court, which is really important." And the two biggest surprises to me this year with the Lakers are two players who play the same position. 
Uh, first of all, Julius Randle, who is their starting power forward, who um, was the seventh pick in the uh, in the NBA draft in 2014, who never could assert himself in the NBA. And Luke Walton saw in him a gigantic version of Draymond Green, and he they, he played Draymond Green, had the best of him, and had Draymond Green say in the um, in the media afterwards. That Julius Randle kid is really good. That Julius Randle kid could be better than me. So to have Draymond Green yeah. being telling you that, like, it means like you're a talent. It means like you're quite something. You know, the, uh, yeah. Go ahead. We talk about coaches and how they manage and coach. We forget a coach is first and foremost a teacher. So if you have oh, yeah. a, a coach like Luke Walton that does get a connection with a player, can teach him how to act in certain ways and unlock that confidence mm-hmm. factor and you have him play like this kid is playing, you do see a difference. And that usually starts with the coach slash teacher. Uh, yes. And Luke Walton has this kind of personality that makes players want to play for him. It's very tricky to get millionaires to buy into your motivational shtick, right? But um, Tony Robbins. Yeah, exactly. The Tony Robbins of this world. He did a very good job, but um, he had an easy team for that because they were all kids and guys looking to make their their proofs, make 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 their marks. So it's like he has an easier job than, let's say, Jeff Hornacek with the Knicks, who have to has to deal with Derrick Rose and Melo. But um, and he sees the value in the guys. Take a guy, for example, my other uh, big surprise with the Lakers, Larry Nance Jr., Larry Nance Jr. was drafted at the end of the first round last year. Everybody was laughing at the Lakers for drafting him. Oh, my God. I did not even have him on my draft on my draft uh, chart. He, he is they, – they, they reached for him. But Larry Nance Jr. was a senior. He knows how to play basketball, and he knows how to play his position. So he turned out to be a very valuable stretch for in this today's game. And I don't know if you've seen the game where they kicked the Warriors into oblivion, but he had this marvelous dunk over David West where he put his hand in David West's face and used David West's face in order to prop himself higher. Yeah, I saw and, that. and this is the sign of a young player who plays with a lot of confidence. It is not the same player who was caught uh, for tweeting that Kobe was a rapist uh, last year. Uh, so so there's a very positive vibe coming from the Lakers locker room. And the, the discussion now is they, it's not like how good are they going to be? Is It is are they good already? Like will they, will they battle to make the playoffs already this year? Which according to early rankings is highly possible. Another team in Los Angeles is actually doing a lot better than expected. Doc Rivers, what kind of in the hot seat in the offseason. A lot of mm-hmm. people were questioning, is he going to stand the, the test of time? Is this season going to be the last one, maybe at the dual ship of the role or whatever? Right now, they're doing pretty good, the Clippers. They're doing pretty good, and they're doing pretty weird because they're playing very good team basketball, and they're... Not not much has changed from last year in terms of lineup. Uh, they're still they're still having more or less the same lineup. They have a deeper bench, which is very important. But they still have Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin playing their three-man game all night long. But the highest scoring uh, player on the um, on the 
uh, Clippers in a in a year where like scoring is going absolutely off the chart in the NBA is Blake Griffin with 19.3 points a game. So these guys are playing selfish basketball right now. They're playing angry basketball. Like Bill Simmons say, they have this nobody believes in us edge to to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a chip uh, on the shoulder. I, yes, I am curious to uh, to see if it's going to last because teams that start the season so hot. Uh, are usually tend to fade like they they have completely tore through the opposition right now. Six and one, six and just like yeah, yeah, six and one, just like the Thunder. And who the did they lose? Who did they lose to? They lose to the Thunder. Yeah, no, exactly. And so the Clippers, uh, arguably the best, the two best teams in the Western Conference, Thunder's and the Clippers, as we speak. Oh yeah, and with the Cavs, they're the three best teams in the NBA right now. Like next week might be something very different. This is the NBA after yeah. all. This is freaking crazy. But uh, but uh, this week there are the three best teams in the NBA. It's interesting though when you look at the Clippers, uh, they have come a long way since last year. The, mm -hmm. the the fight in the locker room and everything that happened with Blake Griffin and the whole situation of nobody getting along seems like getting along is producing results. It seems like they found a way in the offseason to get everybody focused back on the same mm -hmm. uh, wagon and the same convincing fashion to push in the same direction. And look, it's six and one. It's actually working after seven games. Absolutely. And basketball is perhaps out of all sport, the sport that requires the most cohesion. Uh, it's a rhythm sport. Like if you miss half a beat If you're not in synchronization with your teammates, your play is going to go horribly because everybody's a super athlete. Everybody comes at you fast. And every half, every nanosecond counts in the NBA. And right now, um, the Clippers are in sync and they play beautiful basketball. Yeah, that would be very interesting. All right. So we talked about the surprises. There's the Hornets as well that have been a surprise this season. Yes, um, they have been playing a very fast very aggressive brand of basketball um they're play they played a um so so opposition so far they haven't played only bad teams but they're playing a lot of teams who are searching themselves like the pacers for example but we're going to have a uh we're going to have they're going to have a reality check like we're going to see whether or not uh they're for real because tonight they're playing the utah jazz and friday they're playing the toronto raptors so if The Clippers ring through. Um, they're going to be six and. Uh, uh, pardon me. They're going to be uh, seven and one in Friday. If not, they're going to be four and three. The other yeah. side of the surprises, well, it's the disappointments and a few yes. teams there that well we kind of are used to seeing in that category. Let's just start with my favorite team to hate because it's what I believe one of the worst name of a pro sports <laughs> team in North America. The Pelicans. Nobody expected the Pelicans to be this bad. And nobody expected the Pelicans to be this bad with a player who produces this good in their lineup. Um, they have been, uh, like Anthony Davis, I think, had 50 points and 15 rebounds on opening nights, which was like the first 50-point opening night since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or like since Will Chamberlain. But um, their health, their precarious health is catching up to them. Drew Holiday is still with uh, his wife, who just got a successful uh, surgery to remove a brain tumor, um, to remove a brain tumor. And um, Tyreek Evans is still injured. And, but the team right now is in full panic mode. 
they had signed Lance Stevenson before the year start, and Lance has got to get surgery, so they waived him. Like the guy, the guy, Ooh. the guy who had un, a non, um, the guy had a non uh, guaranteed contract, so yeah. they waived him and they hired Archie Goodwin, which is actually a very good move, but it shows that they are panicking. Archie Goodwin was a first round draft pick from the Phoenix Suns that was inexplicably waived uh, before uh, the end of training camp. So they're, they're, they have like a, a, a valid option at point guard. Now they don't, they're not forced to have Tim Frazier start the games. One team that is very, that is built around, uh, around very young mm-hmm. players, the Timberwolves, are struggling yes. in the beginning of the season too. Uh, what's going on with, because there's some Canadian content involved here, what's going on with the T-Wolves? Uh, it's difficult. I've watched a lot of their games. I think I've watched three of their games so far. The three games they lost. Um, it's incon- They're very inconsistent. And they're a, um, they're a, group of kids who were not used such to play in such a structured style um they're like andrew wiggins our canadian kid is doing great he's flourishing under um under um tom thibodeau carlton lee towns is doing great also but these guys they get double teamed very fast in games uh, and the rest of the team they have a hard time Playing into the offensive system, Ricky Rubio is injured, who was a um, who is a uh, vocal leader in the locker room and a, kind of the guy who organizes things uh, on the court. And Chris Dunn, the rookie, now is leading is leading the uh, the team at point guard, which is a problem right now because he's not ready. And I'm expecting the Wolves to correct the correct the aim throughout the year, like maybe before the end of the month, even but my, 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 my prediction of having them doing the playoffs right now, I'm starting to think about it. Yeah. It's starting to be uh, getting close to if they don't turn around quickly, they're going to mm-hmm. run out of games to get those points. Celtics and wizards are the other two teams that you have listed in the disappointments. Celtics, because of the name and the history, we're always mm-hmm. expecting a little bit more, even though there might be in that the bottom of a cycle, basically. Um, there, there, a lot of people expected a lot of things from them, including me, and they have shown a lot of good things. They're like, if you're if you're an NBA fan, like they're the team to root for right now. Like if you if you're looking for a team to root for, they are the fun young team full of young. Uh, athletic, spectacular kids. Uh, Terry Rogier is revealing to be a very fun point guard to watch. Uh, Jalen Brown, who everybody uh, chastised after the, the, the last NBA draft, um, is revealing to be a very good rotational player from the bench so far. He's probably going to be a starter soon in this league. But um, they had a lot of roster turnover right now, and there have a hard time finding their footing defensively they have a record of three and three which is uh which is not bad per se and which is very excusable uh, which is very excusable at uh this state of this of the season but we're talking of a team we everybody expects to be number two or number three seeds yeah. in, in the nba so this is not gonna cut it like they're they have to they have to figure it out defensively and they have to figure out their new rotation quite fast or like this is going to turn into a disaster. 
and the last team in the disappointment, which yes. basically is always disappointing. The Wizards never lived up to any expectations they had over the last 30, 40 decades. Still the same today. I don't know what's wrong with these guys. I really want to figure it out and help the Wizards get over the hump, but I don't know. They have so much money invested in them. Uh, Merchant Gortat makes a lot of money. Bradley Peel uh, makes a lot of money. And um, John Wall is about to make a crap load of money. Uh, but there's no coherence on the courts. And Scott Brooks appears not to be the guy who gives them a, a system to play with. They, play, they, they pay Yan Mahinmi $16 million, even if they had a starting center uh, in marching Gortat, so uh, they're a bit of a mystery to me. Like, like they don't—they're not cohesive. The only two guys who work together well are John Wall and Bradley Beal. Otherwise, it might be tempting, like, to break that team from the ground up and just like give someone competence the reins for a change. Let's talk about the team who perform like they're mm-hmm. supposed to. Let's start with the team that got their first defeat last night: the mm-hmm. Cavaliers. They were touted as the best team defending champion, mm-hmm. and they're actually performing better than you anticipated and a lot of other pundits anticipated. They were the last team to lose this year in the NBA. Uh, granted that everything right now is rather normal, that the NBA is, um, that the teams in the NBA are really not overperforming or underperforming. They have looked very good at the start of the year, and and LeBron James, man, LeBron James, he, we're talking about him later, but Jesus, that guy might be the first NBA player to coast into an MVP award this year. He is not trying, like, <laughs> on opening night, he sneezed and he had a triple-double. <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure. And, oh, oh, yeah, oh, triple-double. There you go, triple-double. Uh, and, and they're playing with confidence, with swagger, and with ease. And it's business as usual for them. Just another day at the office whenever they play a tough or not a tough game. And they're going to poker face the hell out of us for the entire season. Like the Cavaliers are going to be detestable this year if you're not a fan. But they have earned it. The Spurs are performing as expected as well. Yes. uh, Well, like there was a bit of doubt with the Spurs. But they're performing exactly like they perform every other year or so. Um... The team seems to have gelled around Kawhi Leonard. They're, a, they're another team I watched a lot since the beginning of the year. Kawhi Leonard is getting in the discussion for MVP this year. He's pulling a lot of 30 and 10, 30 points, 10 rebounds every other night. He has become the main offense creator of his team, which was crucial for him to become if he if he they wanted the, if the Spurs wanted to stay relevant, and he is. Um, they're a bit of a defensive issue with uh, Pau Gasol and LaMarcus Aldridge in the front court, but their bench, which is mostly comprised of new players, seems to be getting along quite well. And these two guys will be able to um, sit whenever the game will be on the line, and they will have to. There will be uh, players such as Dwayne Denman, which I really like because he was an undrafted guy who really carved himself a nice niche in the NBA. Guys like him are going to be able to take over. So the Spurs have managed to alchemy their way into being relevant again. 
teams that are performing as expected, but not necessarily on the better side of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Blazers, but especially, especially the Sixers, which we expected would be bad, and well, they're bad. Oh man, they're so bad. They're so terribly, horribly bad. I think they're worse than last year. Um, they have Joel Embiid, who is revealing himself to be the coolest new player in NBA and a god amongst men. He, uh, have you seen the game where they almost beat the Cavaliers? Uh, no, but I've just seen a few highlights of uh, Embiid in the, I think in the, from that game where he was actually dominant and able to uh, physically impose himself, which is after a few uh, years of injury stint, it's actually quite pleasing to see him do that. Yes, indeed. And he played a lot of minutes. He played 25 minutes in this game. And oh my God, he blocked LeBron James not once, not <laughs> twice, but three times in Boom. the same game. And the, and the last, the, the last block was identical to the block LeBron had and Andre Iguodala in Game 7 last year. Yeah, the classic, except, yeah. Except Embiid knocked it so far, out, so, so, so intensely out the backboard, you're like, storm! And this guy is revealing himself to be the most exciting new player, and I have no doubt now, no doubt that he will be the rookie of the year if he can stay healthy. Speaking of player having a great beginning of the season, yes. uh, MVP Steph Curry... Uh, how impressive have you been by Steph Curry's three-point record last few nights? He, uh, it, w- it was a question of time before he beat it because it was the only record standing in his way and it was a record he co-owned along with Kobe Bryant and um, Raptors legend Daniel Marshall uh, with 12. Uh, and I saw actually the game where he scored 12. I think I was like yelling incomprehensible things at you on Twitter on that night. I'm like, oh my God, Kevin, you need to watch this. <laughs> and and like he had a game against the Lakers where he had 0 out of 10. Like he, he went 0 out of 10 from three. It was the first game in over two seasons that he uh, didn't score any threes, which was incomprehensible. And then the next game, he scores 13 out of 17. I, you and- know that he spent the two nights before just shooting threes. Oh, Just yeah, for, for two days in a row, nothing else but shooting threes. I don't know how one angrily shoots three points, but I imagine Steph Curry did, did that. Like, like his level of shooting has become inhuman, but as long as he doesn't beat my personal record of 16 threes in a game in 2K, I am not giving up on life and becoming a video game character. <laughs> like, Donald Trump all you want. I am not giving up on life until Steph Curry beats that record and shoots 17 threes in a game. So, Steph Curry, the ball is in your camp. Speaking of players as well that have helped their team recover from a terrible season, James Harden, which you take the distraction away, you take the Dwight Howard away, you mm-hmm. give the team to Harden, and guess what? They're better for it. Well, they're not even better for it. Like James Harden has transformed into like some kind of super mutant from outer space. And this is, Kevin, like, I, I've been one of the last standing defenders of Mike D'Antoni as an NBA genius uh, over the last couple of years. And this is, this, is, this is kind of his genius. He decided to move James Harden at point guard. He's like, yeah, well, you're the best shot creator in the team. You're going to create shots for everybody. And then James Harden is having right now, he's on par to have the best NBA season since Michael Jordan in 1989, where Michael Jordan averaged 37 points a game. 
and he is just producing off the charts. Right now, as things stands, he has 31.6 points a game, 7.1 rebound, and my favorite part, he has 12.7 assists. Wow. And so triple-double as an average. <laughs> it's been a while since it's been a while since someone had 12.7 assists. I think Rajon Rondo has 11.1 and was leading uh, and was leading the NBA last year. Right now, these two uh, closest contestants are LeBron James and Russell Westbrook at 9.9. I mean, that's how Mike D'Antoni, the mad scientist of the NBA offense, has supercharged James Harden. The Rockets are having issues uh, defensively right now, but count on them to bounce back and really, really uh, be a force by the time uh, the year ends. Like, they're scary, and James Harden is super scary, not because of the beard. You would think that after winning the NBA Finals, bringing the championship to Cleveland, first major championship in forever, mm-hmm. you would think that you would uh, take a little easy and not always go hard. LeBron James is having a great beginning of the season, nonetheless. He's having a year. Like, he's having himself a year, LeBron James. And I have no idea how he does it. He is average. He's actually, I think, let me let me verify. I think he's actually the guy who's the closest right now this year to averaging a triple-double again. Let me see if Russell Westbrook. Okay, no, he's, uh, no, actually, he's closer than Russell Westbrook at averaging a triple-double again. Uh, he has 20, 22.9 points, 8.9 rebounds, and 9.9 assists. And he's not even trying. I, and I, I've watched LeBron James. I've watched, I think, over maybe 100, maybe 200 games LeBron James played in his life. And I know he's not even trying. I know he's just having fun. And he's just letting the game come to him right now. He's just he's not even flooring it. And LeBron James is having himself a year. And he's going definitely going to be in the discussion for uh, MVP by the time the year ends. Which is not surprising at all because, well, no. it's LeBron James. He always is. He always is. He kind of has to be. Uh, mm-hmm. The prospect of the week, Jaron Blossom Game from Clemson. What a great NBA name. I mean, well, what... His game strange, is blossoming. What a strange game. What a strange name uh, for, uh, for a kid, but it's a great NBA name. Uh, Jaron Blossom Game uh, is a wing, a wing player from Clemson. He is... Um, he declared for the draft last year. Uh, he went to the um, he went to the uh, NBA Combine and he did very well. He impressed a few teams. He was not on any team's radar. He impressed a few teams. Uh, he's amongst other things. He's a kid who can who is six seven and who can jump. Uh, who has a forty one uh, max vertical, which is very impressive. It means probably that he could uh, he could like. Do that Vince Carter dunk where he could where he he dips his arm into the basket, like he probably could do that with this kind of impulsion. Um, he could not secure last year a first round uh, a first round commitment from any NBA team, uh, so he went back. He he enjoyed the new uh, the new eligibility rule and he went back for his senior year. Um, right now, as things stand, he is the only. NCAA senior who is getting first round consideration for teams, and I think he's going to be um, to be uh, drafted in the first round this year. So what you're getting in Jaron Blossom game, he is a super athletic wing, is your prototypical uh, rotational wing in the NBA. Like it's very important 
if you're a, a kid, uh, an NCAA kid, and you want to play in the NBA, you have to play multiple position and you have to guard multiple position. Blossom game can, in a pinch, do two, three, four, but it's more of a three and a four, uh, and a four guy. Uh, he, he can finish at the rim. He's a good off-the-ball player. He is not a very good shot creator. Like You cannot ask him to pass the ball or to create his shot off the bounce, but it's going to be a non-factor in the NBA because he's never going to get the ball. He's always going to work with a point guard who's going to cut him his work for him. So I'm expecting Jaron Blossom game to show up in the first round come June. At the end of the first round, where within, a, with an established team, who wants to um, with an established team who wants to add a immediate contributor to their team, and he's going to do just great. I'm expecting maybe with the Clippers, maybe with the Spurs. Um, let's see. Let, let's see what other teams like the Jazz could be very interested if they can lure him. Uh, maybe uh, maybe even the Thunder. Uh, I'm seeing him. I'm seeing him going somewhere in the. Um, in the uh, in the Western Conference, he's got a very Western Conference style. He's tall and athletic, and he likes an open floor uh, type of game. Jaron Blossom game is not going to be a superstar, but he's going to be a a key contributor on a championship team. All right, Ben. So until next week, not because last night was not have been your favorite night ever. It could be the case. <laughs> it could not be the case. No judging here. But hopefully, going forward, everyone makes the best out of this situation. Oh, of course. I hope. <laughs> so we hope because that's the only thing we have left at this point. So, yes. with hope, and until next week, have a great basketball. Likewise. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com.com. 